time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived it. You made it through the entire week. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. It is Friday. You are hours away from your weekend uh, for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls and for your respite, right? Hopefully you'll you'll have a great weekend. We're going to be praying for you, of course, here in just a few moments. YouTube has struck us again. I was just thinking it's been a while since we've We've been uh, had our hands slapped by our digital overlords and masters. And, uh, well, this morning, guess what happened? We received a strike for content we, re- we covered yesterday. And here's the good news. We're covering it again today. <laughs> Coming up at 15 past the hour, Dr. Jose Trasankos from Children of God for Life is going to be on the program to talk about uh, the over-the-counter med situation and the use of aborted fetal cells and their testing and their development, etc., we're going to cover that story with Dr. Jose Trasankos, who was not able to join us yesterday, but will be joining us today at six at uh, 15 past the hour. So join us for that. At 35 past the hour, Charles Colombe is going to be on. He is an author, a historian, and uh, he's a lecturer, you know, Oxford University and beyond. And we're going to be talking about Germany. You know, we've had many conversations about the German church being on the edge of schism you know, and it's not escaped us that this is the same location where the Reformation kicked off in, you know, 500 years or so ago. So is there a connection there? Is there a parallel? Is the schism the natural outcome to the Reformation? We want to ask Charles Colomb that question coming up at 35 past the hour. The trucker protests remain in the freezing Ottawa, you know, city, even spite of the fact that the organizers are being arrested, their bank accounts being frozen. The give, send me, go uh, donors were all hijacked. Their information was hacked and leaked to the public, as well as a bunch of other campaigns, by the way. The hacker leaked all of Gibson Go's uh, data, not just some of it. And then seven out of the ten provinces up there have uh, opposed Trudeau's Emergency Powers Act. So it's getting pretty dicey in Canada. Well, let's keep them in our prayers. California gas prices, hey, Rudy, this is going to be for you, <laughs> at an all-time record of $4.72 on average. Most are at 5 bucks. Sir, I am no longer a Californian. You are still I to blame. resent you, the remark. You're the only Californian in the room that I can blame for all the troubles. I did it, guys. It so was me. It's your fault no matter what. <laughs> hey, guess what? Connecticut Powerball winner nabs $185 million in one fell swoop. Huh. Could you imagine? Just one fell swoop? What would you, like, would you want? I wouldn't want to win uh, the Powerball. I would not want to win. I couldn't handle it. It's I don't too know. much. It's too I would, much. I would take what I need and then... Get rid of the rest. I would want someone else to win and then just give me a small portion, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I just want to, like, pay off my debt and buy a house. That's all I care. Yeah, buy, like, like a 10,000-acre ranch or something. I don't want to retire now, no. you know. I be, if I could <laughs> buy, boring. like, Montana, that would be great. I Montana. Could, just yeah. the whole state of Montana. I want to be humble, right? I was going to ask for, like, Wyoming or Idaho, but I'll, I'll go with Montana. No one is as humble as my good friend, Adrian Fonseca. Speaking of humility... <laughs> Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. What would you do if you won the Powerball, Adrian? Well, being the most humble person on the planet, uh-huh. my answer is automatically <laughs> the correct one. Oh, I um, see. I see. Yes. Okay. And I would take the money. Uh huh. And I would probably—I don't know. I, I've thought about this before, and I had a 
I had like a whole plan uh, in my head. I was like, you know, ten, this percentage would go to this charity, this percentage would go to that charity, um, and this percentage I'd give to my family, this percentage yeah. I'd keep. Wow. And I had you really it all. worked this out. Yeah, I literally I sat down one day when I was in high school uh-huh. and like broke it down <laughs> because I was bored in class and didn't want to pay attention. So I, I broke makes down. Makes a lot of sense. I see a trend winning, here. Winning millions of dollars, <laughs> what I would do with it. So uh, there you go. See, I would like change my phone number and address so my cousins can't find me. Nah, I'd, be, I'd be great. great. I try to give away everything. I try to get rid of it all. See, I don't. Uncle Joe, I, I hey, buddy. It. Like, how do I know you again? One more time. How are we related? Buy some real estate. Get some. Get some dirt. Buy some dirt That's and build right. a build a big old ranch on it. It'd yep. Be great. Exactly. And so we are not able to stream to our GRN online YouTube channel today because of uh, of uh, our strike that we received this morning, fresh off the press. So if you are used to streaming us live over YouTube. A backup alternative is to go to the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel. We're streaming live there. We're also on Rumble. Go to rumble.com, search for Catholic Drive Time. You will find us live streaming there. We're also on Odyssey. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. We're also on LinkedIn. All of those are linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, which you can also watch us live on right on our webpage or just go and listen to us live on the audio stream as well. So there's lots of ways to tune in in addition to listening live on that Catholic radio station that you are tuned into. Praise be to God. By the way, make sure you support financially that local Catholic radio station you're tuned into. It makes the world of difference. And speaking of which, the last couple of days of getting in on that car raffle, that Mercedes is going to be given away next week. So go to grnonline.com for the details. Let's pray and let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your Friday headlines. Breitbart reports UK labels Russia's retaliatory shelling of a kindergarten false flag operation. Boris Johnson and several government ministers have labeled Russia's claims surrounding a shelling attack that struck, among other locations, a school in Ukraine as a false flag operation intended to discredit Ukraine. A junior school in Stanitsia, Luhanska, Ukraine, was struck by shellfire that impacted several villages and towns near the Donbass region in the eastern section of Ukraine on Thursday morning. The Russian government provided their own take on the events, saying that the shelling was not by Russian forces, but from forces of the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic. In other words, forces loyal to and equipped by Moscow, and was initiated in response to Ukraine shelling them first. Ukraine denies having shelled them at all and says that weapons used by Russia in the bombardment are from heavy guns and a tank banned by the Minsk Accords signed in 2014. And the Epic Times reports the People's Convoy heading to Washington. Organizers unveil their plans. A trucker-led convoy will kick off on February 23rd from the Barstow area in California and head eastbound toward the capital. Their intention is to peacefully protest the end of the federal government's emergency powers still in place in response to COVID-19 and restore freedoms protected by the Constitution. The exact locations of their rally points have not yet been specified due to the necessity to maintain operational security and leave time to coordinate with local municipalities. 
and the AP reports lawmakers' OK bill to expand driver's licenses for immigrants. The Massachusetts House approved a bill Wednesday that would let illegal aliens obtain state's driver license licenses. If passed into law, Massachusetts would join 16 other states of the and the District of Columbia, which already have similar laws. The legislation approved on a 120 to 36 vote would require individuals to provide documentation to obtain a license. The new rules would apply to those who do not have proof that they are in the country legally, including those not eligible for a social security number. The bill also states that immigrants eligible for driver's licenses would not be registered to vote as a result. But last I checked, I don't think they look at IDs at voting stations anyway. And the Epic Times reports Hillary Clinton campaign attorney moves to dismiss Durham investigation case. Attorneys for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign lawyer filed a motion on Thursday to dismiss special counsel John Durham's case against him, calling the matter extraordinary prosecutorial overreach. The lawyer, Michael Sussman, was charged last year in Durham's Trump-Russia investigation after he was accused of lying to an FBI agent when he told the bureau he wasn't advising Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Fra Angelico, you know, the great Dominican painter. And tomorrow, speaking of painters, is my little sister's birthday. So pray for her tomorrow in your charity. Keep her in your prayers. The patron saint of Christian artists was born around 1400 in a village overlooking Florence. He took up painting as a young boy and studied under the watchful eye of a local painting master. He joined the Dominicans at the age of 20, taking the name Fra Giovanni. He eventually came to be known as Fra Angelico, perhaps a tribute to his own angelic qualities and also to his devotional tone of his works. He continued to study paintings and perfected his own techniques, which included broad brushstrokes, vivid colors, and generous lifelike figures. Michelangelo once said of Fra Angelico, One has to believe that this good monk has visited paradise and been allowed to choose his models there. Whatever his subject matter, Fra Angelico sought to generate feelings of religious devotion in response to his paintings. Among his most famous works are the Annunciation, the Descent from the Cross, as well as frescoes in the monastery of San Marco in Florence. He also served in leadership positions within the Dominican Order, and at one point, Pope Eugenius approached him about serving as Archbishop of Florence. Fra Angelico declined, preferring a simpler life. He died in 1455. Fra Angelico, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 9, chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? What could one give in exchange for his life? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this faithless and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. He also said to them, Amen, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God has come in power. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom says, quote, Whosoever wishes to come after me, as if he said, I call you to those good things which a man should wish for. I do not force you to evil and burdensome things, going on to say, and a man denies himself when he cares not for his body, so that whether it be scourged or whether of like nature it may suffer, he bears it patiently. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Avoiding the cross. Too many Christians, even in the times of the early church fathers, you know, were uh, eager to avoid the suffering that comes with being a Christian, being a member of the body. So goes our master to the cross, and so goes us. His, uh, his brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, his, those that whom he saves, right? St. Christum goes on to say, And this he says, because it may happen that a man may suffer and yet not follow Christ. That is, when he does not suffer for Christ's sake, for he follows Christ who walks after him and conforms himself to his death despising those principalities and powers under whose power before the coming of Christ he committed sin. Close quote, St. Chrysostom. St. Gregory the Great says, There are, however, some who confess Christ because they see that all men are Christians. For if, they, if the name of Christ were not at this day in such great glory, the Holy Church would not have so many professors. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. What are they trying to say? Well, it can be very fashionable to be a Christian. You can, you know, be a, a one of many, many Christians in your community, in your family, in uh, society at large, and it's lovely to say you're a Christian, but what does that mean? And does that Christianity inform the rest of your life's choices, the decisions that we make, how we live our life? Are we, in fact, transformed because we have died with Christ and have risen with him in baptism, confirmation, and the like? Therein lies the question. Do we want Easter Sunday glory but refuse Good Friday passion? You cannot call yourself a Christian and refuse to take up your cross and follow Christ to Calvary. The reality is God is calling us to join him in suffering for the world, for the sake of of the souls that would be lost and spend eternity in hell unless someone should offer up their suffering for their salvation. That is what it means to love one's neighbor and especially to love one's enemies. Oh, Our Lady, please pray for us to give us the grace and the courage to pick up our cross and to follow your son to Calvary and there to die suffering next to him. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next and Children of God for Life. A popular objection to Jesus' resurrection is that it's merely a rip-off of pagan myths about resurrected deities. Should this be a cause of alarm? I don't think so, for a couple of reasons. First, Christians couldn't have copied from pagan myths because the idea of resurrection as a new embodied life after death was foreign to the pagan worldview. Recall how the Athenians scoffed at Paul's preaching on the resurrection in Acts 17. Second, the majority of the alleged parallels are bogus. The deities never really rise from the dead. The spirit of the Greek god Attis entered into a pine tree after his death, and the Egyptian god Osiris merely reigned as king of the underworld. So to my Christian friends, no need to fret. 
Our belief in Jesus' resurrection didn't come from pagan myths. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hello, how would you like a chance to win a Mercedes-Benz? What's up with the accent, Dave? Oh, hey, Cecil. Just putting on a posh accent, because this year with the GRN, we're raffling off a pretty... Oh, you mean the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250? That's right. And that all listeners need to do to get their tickets is to contact their general manager or visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that all the funds raised go to the GRN. Tickets are only one for $25 or five for 100 Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I took over your spot again, didn't I? Well, it was probably for the best. Cheerio! Praise! Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Charles Cologne is going to be our guest. He's a celebrated historian, author, lecturer. We're going to talk about Germany and the, uh, the difficulties that we are facing as a church in Germany and what the parallels are to the Protestant Reformation. Charles Colum coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is the CEO of Children of God for Life, Dr. Jose Trasankos. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Good morning. Praise be to God. Yesterday, uh, we were hoping to have you on. It didn't work out, but what, what, I was able to read a portion of an article that I found on your website, uh, cog4life.org. That's C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.org. And as a result to reading this article, YouTube gave us a strike and took us down today. So they Come do on. not like what we're about to say, so we're going to say it again, uh, just for fun. But um, we wanted to talk about the use of aborted fetal cells in over-the-counter meds. You know, a couple weeks ago, I reported that the Hershey's Chocolate Company was firing their non-vaxxed employees, citing Pope Francis, number one. Number two, they were also citing that, uh, how could you have a problem with the, the vaccine if you take Tylenol, Midol, if you take Tums? All of this stuff used the same ingredients. Uh, what say you, Dr. Jose Trisenkos? Well, um, uh, that would be the, that would be a fine argument if it were true, but it's nowhere close to true. Um, the origins of this uh, uh, actually trace back to a blog post written by a Catholic priest, of all things, um, and this was back in January of uh, 2021. And his point was what what uh, uh, what the author was trying to do was reveal some level of hypocrisy among people that drew the line in the sand. They said, we have gone as far as we're going to go to the extent that these vaccines owe their very existence to the use of aborted fetal cells. Basta. Um, and he was he was trying to point out that if uh, individuals that felt that way applied the same standard to everything else in their medicine cabinet, then in, in effect, they were they, they they were being either intellectually inconsistent or hypocritical. Um, and among the drugs that he mentioned in that in that blog post and it took a while for this to gain some traction uh but it was it was a bit sensational um but among the drugs that he mentioned were aspirin uh tylenol um uh, sudafed tums uh and when people started reading this they reacted very strongly um you know a lot of them uh rushed to their medicine cabinet to see what they had in there um and no one independently validated his claims. Uh, and going back to what I said earlier, it would be a fine argument if it were true. Um, I did look into that. 
some of those I had just kind of a natural reaction to. I knew that um, uh, aspirin was invented many, many, many years ago. HEK-293, the most commonly used um, uh, aborted fetal cell line in biomedical research, um, uh, became available to the research community in 1977. Mm. Cell line was established in 1973. So to the extent that a researcher couldn't put their hands on HEK-293 before 1977, that seemed like a fair, that seemed like the hard deck. Anything coming before that, uh, it would be very unlikely, it would be very unlikely that the the drug in question um, uh, would be associated with abortion. And um, I started with aspirin. And aspirin, uh, as it turns out, was uh, discovered in 1853. by a French chemist named Charles Frederick Gerhardt. And it was awarded a patent in the United States. Bayer was awarded a patent in the United States in the year 1900. So chronologically, it's an impossibility that aspirin could have been developed in the same way as the COVID-19 vaccines using aborted fetal cells. And that was the statement of equivalence that he made, that all of these commonly encountered drugs were developed in a manner, uh, in the same manner as the COVID-19 vaccines. Now the COVID-19 vaccines, all of them at that point in time, and that was Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, owed their very existence to the use of aborted fetal cell lines. None of them, none of them, well, with the exception of Johnson & Johnson, Moderna and Pfizer did not use aborted fetal cell lines in production, Johnson & Johnson did, Uh, but the use of aborted fetal cell lines in the research and development process and in QA testing up until the point where they initiated clinical clinical trials, these were all on the critical path. Those vaccines would not have existed but for the use of aborted fetal cell lines. That, um, it, when you apply that very same test to the me- medicines that were claimed by Father Schneider, the, the, the Catholic priest who wrote the original blog post, um, uh, then that argument kind of falls apart. Aspirin, as I mentioned, uh, was discovered in 1853. Tylenol um, is acetaminophen. Tylenol is a trade name, but the active ingredient in that drug is acetaminophen. Acetaminophen, the consensus is that it was discovered in 1877. Um, so there's another one. Mm. Tums, um, uh, you know, that was that was a bit preposterous. Um, Uh, You know, and actually that crosses the threshold into irresponsible research on his part, because Tums is nothing more than calcium carbonate and (laughs) some sugar and some food coloring and those sorts of things. Um, And Tums was invented by a fellow named um, uh, Lewis Howe in the basement of his house. (laughs) Uh, And the reason he came up with it is he was trying to treat his wife's um, uh, problems with indigestion. Uh, and the Lewis Howe Company, um, uh, uh, two friends got together and they formed the Lewis Howe Company to produce Tums. So they pressed that stuff into tablets, put it into bottles and sold it as an antacid. Wow. This was in the 1930s. So, again, no way that no uh, no way that aborted fetal cell lines could have been used had they made sense. But the therapeutic action of an antacid has nothing to do with cellular metabolism. So. Um, testing Tums in aborted fetal cell lines, mm-hmm. aside from being chronologically impossible, uh, would be a waste of time, resources, and material. 
Wow, that's so true. And you know, it seems like we can't win for losing, even when our own, the Holy Father, you know, is promoting something like this that, that obviously has ties to uh, this aborted fetal line. Um, what happened to this priest? Did he ever correct his mistakes, or, or what, what, what are we seeing here? What's the fallout? Well, um, you know, interestingly, a lot, of, a lot of people, when they hit rock bottom, they start to dig. Um, <laughs> You've been talking to my wife yeah, again, and, I can tell. And that's exactly what he did. He doubled down on the argument. Now, and he kind of moved the goalposts and said, you, you all have misunderstood. All I was trying to do was to, get, uh, was, was to get people's head around the fact that we should be working on the practice, which was my response to him. My original, my original rebuttal to his blog post was to say, you know, th this focus on things, this focus on inanimate stuff that comes in a bottle from the pharmacy, um, uh, you know, is misguided. We shouldn't be focused on the product. We should be focused on the practice. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's moved the goalposts and said, my point wasn't to say that these things were, in fact, um, you know, developed with aborted fetal cell lines in the same way. I was just trying to get people to look at the problem differently. Um, and, OK, so I went back and I reread his article and then I read and I, I read his response to my refutation. And... Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been accused of not communicating clearly, but I think I do a better job than he did. Uh, <laughs> so uh, um, so he, he did double down on that. And it's a bit unfortunate because other organizations, other individuals started picking up on that. And it, and it spread very rapidly. Mm. Um, yeah, to the point where people a, were being fired because of absolutely. this priest's comments and this priest's blog post. People lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their ability to pay the mortgage or feed their kids. I mean, it's very serious, and then to, and in my opinion, very irresponsible to make such such accusations that simply aren't valid, and then people are their real life is affected. It's not just some opinion on online, and we all have opinions, but when our opinions begin to cause others to lose their jobs, it's kind of a serious matter. Absolutely, I mean, there was a tremendous amount of upheaval here. People's lives were, in fact, turned upside down. Um, we were very active in supporting people in, um, in uh, claiming religious exemptions. And we ran into this uh, very, very frequently this past fall, uh, the end of, um, you know, towards the end of last summer and last fall, where there were a lot, many organizations that were throwing up this argument. Um, and, you know, there was a public, there was a public service union in one of the Great Lakes states that was actually litigating this. And I prepared a research exhibit in support of that. Um, and um, I spent a little bit more time carefully annotating the research that I did. Uh, and there were, at this point, the list had grown to about 30, to uh, 34 drugs or so. And um, of the ones, uh, of the drugs that were on that list that were claimed to be developed with aborted fetal cell lines, only four, in fact, were. And those were four vaccines wow. that we already knew about. Everything else was a swing and a miss. So the batting average comes well below the Mendoza line. Wow. I'm still we only have a couple of minutes left with Dr. Jose Tresenko, CEO of Children of God for Life. I'm still kind of miffed about if we're going to hear comments uh, from the hierarchy about it, you should get the vaccination, you should get. But then why aren't we also hearing in the same breath? And by the way, there are some vaccines that have been uh, produced that have no connection whatsoever to aborted fetal cell lines. And we have to apply pressure to the FDA to get those approved, because so far, only the ones that are approved that there's a financial interest in. So why don't we hear that? <laughs> That's right. You have about two minutes. 
Well, um, uh, yeah, there, there, there have been a number of vaccines that were developed ethically, and uh, they were offshore developments. Um, most recently, uh, Covaxin has applied for emergency use authorization with the FDA. Covaxin was um, uh, developed by Bharat uh, Biotech in India. And, <clears throat> excuse me, that particular vaccine has no connection at all to abortion. Um, it's been a long time coming uh, in, in terms of working through their clinical trials, but um, it, it's been in use in India, which has an enormous population. There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a tremendous body of clinical trials data and post-clinical trials data on its effectiveness and its safety, and it does very well. Um, this, you know, inside baseball has it languishing in front of the FDA mm. uh, until they probably lose interest or this thing is kind of blown over. Right. Uh, and, and things are changing at this point in time with case rates coming down and hospitalizations, people starting to understand the data that's been fed to them and how it's been managed. Yeah. But Fauci's calling for a yearly booster requirement. Well, um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Some, you know, some some immunologists are coming back to you know just kind of their original training and the original and the orig original fidelity to the science and say mm -hmm. it's really unreasonable to want to vaccinate the entire planet on a regular basis. Amen to that. Well, we're almost out of time here. Uh, Children of God for Life is the website. C O G F O R L I F E dot org is the website. Check it out. I read part of the article yesterday. Uh, we'll probably link to it again today. The use of fetal cell lines in common medications. Great information. So if you have someone in your family, your friends, your circles that are like, yes, but Father Schneider said X, Y, and Z, go to this article and you're going to have all the details you need. Children of God write me for Life. God love you, Dr. Jose Trisenko. Thank you for your time again today. Praise be to God. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. All right. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to have uh, breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos. Then Charles Colomb is going to be on. What's going on in Germany? What can we understand? What should we know? All that's coming up next. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. One American News reports Mexican journalists protest and urge president to stop violence against press. During a presidential news conference, journalists in Tijuana held protests yesterday to urge President Obrador to bring an end to the violence that has seen five media workers killed this year. Two of the five media workers murdered this year were killed in Tijuana, and the protests come at a time when the president has increased his verbal attacks against journalists. The Blaze Report's Gallup polling finds that 7.1% of U.S. adults identify as LGBT. Although Gen Z hasn't arrived at adulthood yet, Gallup reported that among those in Gen Z who were born between 1997 and 2003, a whopping 20.8% identify as LGBT. This contrasts with the 10.5% of millennials, 4.2% of Generation X, and 2.6% of baby boomers who identify this way. The numbers clearly show that younger generations identify as LGBT in a significantly higher proportion than older generations. The Blaze reports bodies piling up, morgue opened in Baltimore parking garage to deal with autopsy backlog. The Maryland uh, Department of Health converted a downtown Baltimore parking garage into a morgue to deal with an unprecedented backlog of autopsies for those who have been murdered or overdosed on drugs. According to the report, more than 200 bodies are awaiting an autopsy. And Reuters reports Russia expulsion of U.S. Deputy Ambassador unprovoked, according to the White House. Russia has expelled Deputy U.S. Ambassador Bartle Gorman from the country, the U.S. State Department said on Thursday. Moscow's expulsion of the U.S. Deputy Ambassador to Russia was unprovoked, the White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said on Thursday, while warning about the heightened potential of a Russian invasion into Ukraine. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, hopefully, Charles Clone will be on at any moment now. But don't forget, we have a car raffle that's coming to an end on Monday. I believe Monday is the last day you can purchase your raffle tickets. It is a uh, 2022. It's a Mercedes GLA 250 in night black. And next week, live on this radio show, as a matter of fact, a name will be drawn out of the uh, the giant barrel of names, and it will be announced on live radio. And some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to be driving away in a brand new Mercedes. It could be you. I don't know. Uh, it might or might not. But here's the deal. The reality is you might win a cool car, but we get to keep our Catholic radio apostolate alive and well. And you can purchase your tickets fast and easy and secure on our website, grnonline.com. Just go to grnonline.com. Scroll down until you see that Mercedes and click on that, and you'll find everything you need there. That's grnonline.com. Praise be to God. You know, uh, we, we've invited Charles Colomb on because of what we see happening in in China right now, or not China, forgive me, Germany right now. It's on the, it seems, seems to be on the edge of schism. And we had uh, Father Murray on not all that long ago to talk about some of the issues that we're seeing there in Germany. I mean, they're, they're actively and endorsing, two cardinals are actively and endorsing open homosexuality in the priesthood, let alone women uh, priests, let alone just getting rid of, uh, you know, chastity. <laughs> for priests at all. I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling the level of pressure they are applying on the church there. And so we've invited Charles Colomon, who is a, a celebrated historian and author and lecturer, and he joins us now via Zoom chat. Good morning to you, Charles Colomb. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good to be here. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts, and uh, praise <laughs> God for it, right? How are you, sir? Yeah. Not bad, not bad. We've... Uh... 
just been informed by our masters that the um, the uh, restrictions here in Austria for the COVID are all being ended on March 5th. Oh, praise God. That's good news. Wow. Well, praise be to yeah. Jesus. Congratulations. Yes, that is amazing. Uh, we're glad to hear that since we've had uh, uh, we've had uh, Alexander Trugwell on a couple of times to keep us updated on what's going on there. This is good news. Praise be to God. I wish that would spread across the rest of the world, too. That'd be wonderful. Uh, it will. I mean, it's been spreading across Europe. And uh, the thing is, this is a guess on my part. I have no no real knowledge. But uh, the constitutional court in this country, as you may or may not know, the government um, passed through Parliament a uh, a bill enforcing the vax on everybody. Uh, but the constitutional court asked a series of ten questions, like uh, your statistics as far as deaths go: were they people with COVID or who died from COVID? Mm. You know those sorts of questions that everyone's been asking over the past two years. There were ten of them. And the court demanded that they be answered by today. Wow. No well, kidding. The, they, I've heard nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're dropping all the requirements on March 5th. So my suspicion is that, I mean, if they did, if they did, have, if they did answer the questions that <clears throat> the court gave them, mm-hmm. it, would, um, it would blow the whole thing open. Wow. And I, I suspect that just getting off it, Let's hope everybody forgets mm. in the joy of being able to, you know, live lives again. Amen. Um, Amen. That's that's my guess, but who knows? I don't. Well, I'm grateful that uh, that we're hearing that. Praise be to <gasps> Jesus. I'm glad for the citizens of Austria, Austria to be able to have some freedom. Let's jump in to talk about Germany here. Um, as I as I said a minute ago, we're seeing so much insanity coming out of the synodal path and. And it's just mind-boggling how this can continue. But we wonder, as a historian, you might be able to talk about this, are there parallels between, I mean, are we seeing the natural fruit of the Protestant Reformation, which began in Germany? Or is that coming to its head now? Are there connections here? What say you, Charles Colomb? Well, I think you, you have, as with anything else in history, there's not a single cause. Every uh, major historical event is literally a perfect storm of different factors some connected, some not. If any one of them were, had been missing, you know, it would have been different. Uh, I think one of the major reasons why the German hierarchy are so crazy, so many of them, is what's called the church tax. Mm. Now, basically, way back in 1803, uh, the church had a ton of property seized by uh, the various civil governments in Germany. Lots and lots and lots of land. So did the Protestants, incidentally. Well, uh, various arrangements were made to compensate the church for the theft. But Hitler did away with all of those and said, okay, what we're going to do instead is everybody who wants to support their church, whether they're Catholic or Protestant, a a part of their taxes will go to support the church of their choice. And the government will administer the scheme and break off some of the dough. <laughs> uh, well, you Just know, to handle when you go it, to you the know? DMV, <laughs> when you go to the DMV, there's always uh, always these these extra costs, you know, administrative costs. You know, no free shipping and handling when it comes to your driver's license, I assure you. But at any rate, uh, so that was that was the setup, uh, and the thing was. You could, it's a voluntary system. You can opt out. But if you do, you won't be baptized or buried 
or married wow. in the church of your choice. It'll all have to be civil. And then after the, after the, the Second War, when the Nazis were gone, they added the Jews. So that's, they've got a similar setup. Why, so, can I ask a question? Why would the church tolerate that? Why would the church tolerate allowing the state to dictate who gets baptized, buried, or, or otherwise, in spite of whether or not they decide to tithe through the government? Well, because the, uh, as it's developed, the church doesn't want any freeloaders. <laughs> you know, you don't pay up, you don't get nothing. Wow. It's pay to play. That's so scandalous. <laughs> and the, the the beauty of the beauty of the system. I mean, my best friend is German, lives in Aachen, uh, a very orthodox, and he has to see his money go to this garbage. Mm. And there are a lot of people who feel this way. Uh, I remember when Benedict the Sixteenth became Pope. Uh, within a few months, he made the comment that. Just because you don't pay your church tax in Germany doesn't mean you can't be a devout Catholic. And oh, the jumping up and down of the German bishops. This was a doctrinal outrage. Everything else, eh, whatever. When it comes to the old do-re-mi, yeah. when it's something they really believe in, then mm. it's important. Now, the good news, and there's always good news if you know where to look, is that the new worthless government of social democrats the old worthless government of angela merkel they're seriously talking about getting rid of the church tax wow now if they do that yeah now if they do that if that should end uh there's a couple of problems with it. one is it's guaranteed in the concordat between rome and germany so if you had a pope who cared and was interested in this kind of stuff, he could, of his own volition, say, you know what, my dear German bishops, we renegotiated the Concordat with Germany, and we're ending the church tax. Wouldn't that be amazing? Enjoy. You know, it's been a wonder why, you know, if we hear statements out of Pope Francis that, you know, you guys are pushing this too far, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, he has it within his power. We we know we all know that, especially the ones that go to traditional Latin masses. We all know that within his power to suppress and to to control. Why doesn't he do that? I want to ask this question, uh, but I know that we're up against a, a break here in just a few seconds. So maybe we save that for the for for the other side of the break. But it does it does boggle one's mind why we see this get so far down the road towards schism. And will we see an actual schism uh, at the end of this tunnel? That's, I guess, one of the questions in my mind. So hold that thought. Charles Colomb is our guest. He is the author of, of a bo several books, uh, Puritan's Empire being one of them, Star Spangled Crown being another, lives in Austria, and uh, we are having a conversation about Germany. What's going on there? What do we need to know? And what can we expect? All of that coming up after this very short break on Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. 
God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Charles Colomb is our guest. We're talking about Germany. Welcome back to the show, sir. Grateful that you're Thanks. here. So, Thanks. Great to be here. Why doesn't the Vatican, I mean, with all the problems in the world, you know, we are putting a lot of effort into suppressing the traditional Latin Mass right now. Uh, why don't you think it'd be better spent suppressing the seemingly insane ideas coming out of many of the German hierarchy and the clergy there? 125 German Catholic employees came out homosexual and they want everything changed. What's going on there and why, why doesn't the Vatican uh, suppress these things? Well, one of the things you've got to bear in mind about the church is that, like every other element of humanity, there are generations. There are groups of people shaped by their period of time. Now, the, uh, the fact is that when I was a boy, in the wake of Vatican II, you had a huge number of changes, which were authored by people now long dead, like Karl Rahner and people like that, but they were carried out by many of the then young priests. I remember them very well from my childhood and boyhood. They were happy to do things like ripping out altar rails and throwing out statues and tearing rosaries apart in the pulpit. They wanted to remake the church entirely according to some nebulous notion. Well, under John Paul II and then even more under Benedict, uh, some adult supervision was restored, and uh, they were, to a great degree, hampered. But now, my suspicion is, on their way to the cemetery, uh, they want to do as much as they can to put the church into their, their view. Now, in Germany, there are two things you've got to bear in mind about the church in Germany. It's not just that it's extremely wealthy, although it is. It gives Rome an awful lot of money, number one. Number two... The current Holy Father has a uh, certainly a record of saying all sorts of things on any given issue. Mm. What you have to look at is not what he says, but what he does. Turning the patriotic church, uh, giving control of the church in China to the uh, patriotic church puppets of the Red Regime, and um, I hate to say it this way, but betraying the underground church, that was pretty, pretty rough. Mm. That was, that was not, not a nice thing to do. Um, and however much traditionalists may dislike what's being done to them, 
they can comfort themselves in the notion that the Chinese Catholics have it a lot worse. I imagine so. So that's a little bit of comfort of comfort it be. Well, similarly, I think that the Holy See's reaction to the German church is uh, really a sort of kabuki. You know, Cardinal Marx offered to resign. The Pope said, oh, no, I won't accept it, blah, hmm. blah, blah. It, it's kabuki. I think the truth of the matter is that the Holy Father has a lot more in common with the German bishops than he does with a lot of other national hierarchies. Um, and that, you know, that doesn't change anything. There is no court that can judge the Pope. Council so, of Florence ruled that. So if, if the German government does away with this processing of tithes, you know, and taking their cut of the action, then uh, it would be every individual Catholic would have to donate personally in the basket, just like we do here in America. Correct. Um, and Correct. We, could we assume in that circumstance that, that their wealth would drop significantly? I mean, how, what is their church attendance like in Germany right now? Very poor. Very poor. Uh, I can't give you exact figures, but it's extremely poor. But they don't have to care. You see, they can do whatever they want. The bishops, I mean, because the money comes. I mean, why do you think it is that so many bishops in so many dioceses, for instance, uh, chose to ignore uh, the uh, recent legislation uh, voiding the motu proprio of Benedict XVI? Why do you think they did that? Well, some bishops out of a real concern for souls, actually. It's strange to believe, but some of them do. Uh, yeah. Some of them really are interested in souls. But with others, it was simply dollars and cents. Because not everywhere, but in many places, traditional Catholics, especially in the wake of the COVID closures, which you know a lot of people simply haven't come back to church. It's a, the traditionalists, if they're in a diocesan structure, either a, a parish of their own or an order like uh, the St. Um, Peter or Christ the King or whatever, whichever it is, they're very often a reliable source of funding they grow they have children they do all that kind of stuff that used to be a general thing for catholics now is not mm -hmm. whereas the sort of people who espouse the kind of catholicism that the german bishops would prefer if you can call it catholicism are generally elderly to late middle age they don't have children yeah uh they don't there's no future there That's... i mean even if you lay aside the, the the religious issue, which you shouldn't, but let's say you did, mm -hmm. and you would just look at it in terms of maintaining the machinery, um, without the traditionalists, the the, uh, the future of the church looks extremely bleak outside of Germany. That's so true. Uh, um, Mr. Colomb, it's, it's, always, it's always good to speak to you. Um, I, I want to see if we can explore this a little bit more. So uh, earlier on, you mentioned that uh, the priests who were young have now become old, and they're, they're sort of leaving behind their legacy. But I'd like to explore... <laughs> I'd like Such to explore, as it is. <laughs> yes, it's true. Everyone wants to leave their legacy, whether good or bad. But I want to explore, where did they get these ideas? I know you mentioned earlier that there isn't one single source, but can we tie this back to the Reformation? Is that something that is in Germany? Is it something that is uh, endemic to Germany? Well, not just Germany. It's endemic to the Anglosphere. Uh, it's endemic to the Netherlands, Switzerland. 
and it's it's almost in the blood we uh, in the blood we uh, have in our veins to say nothing of the water we drink and by that i mean what was actually the only doctrine that all protestant sects have in common private judgment mm. uh the 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 fathers and doctors of the church the councils and popes the this the that say one thing but i don't like that and so obviously since i don't like it and since i i unconsciously anyway believe in private judgment obviously they're wrong and i'm right now what makes this particularly grotesque of course is the fact that all of us are sinners what separates the catholic from the non-catholic is it's very difficult for the believing catholic to a identify something he's done as a sin and then say well doesn't matter anyway i want it so that's that uh he may fool himself in different ways you know it it's well it's okay now because of this and such we all know that because we <laughs> we have to go to the confessional and come up with uh, reasons but what we what we can't do if we believe is suddenly say that what was evil is now good but the protestant could martin luther himself you know when philip the so-called magnanimous the landgrave of hessen who was one of the first noblemen uh, noble rulers to join the reformation he wanted literally bigamy and Luther gave him permission. Wow. Well, why not? Private judgment. If the Holy Ghost uh, tells me that really I'd be happier with two wives than one, what's wrong with that, right? <laughs> well, Who, who's anyone to tell me? You know, Charles, I think Cologne is uh, our guest. We have about three minutes left in our conversation. And, you know, I was just thinking, I, at what point does it become explicit enough like in this in the church in Germany, I'm thinking of the Arian crisis where if you were Catholic, I mean, obviously the Arian uh, sacraments are still valid if they're using the proper format or an intention, uh, but you can't attend a schismatic church. So what do the people in Germany do whenever they have a de facto schism and these bishops? I mean, you you can see what they're saying, what they're doing and say, are you in communion with with those bishops? Uh, so at what point what do you do in Germany if you're a faithful Catholic trying to attend mass? Oh, under those circumstances, I expect the SSPX and the um, and the various Eastern Catholic rites will get a lot of uh, a lot of sudden, strangely new members. Hmm. Uh, I think that's one one area. I think too that a lot of especially younger clergy in Germany will probably leave the structure. Hmm. Which is uh, a tragedy, are, right? I mean, it's a it's a tragedy and a, and a further scandal to see these vocations it's, leave. It's a crime. Yeah. It's it's not, not a tragedy. You know, when you're hit by lightning, that's a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> when when I take a pistol and I blow your brains out, that's a crime. Yeah, well said. Uh, and these people, these bishops, are criminals. Um. They are, because stop and think about it. Even taking the church tax, why do we have the church tax? It's compensation for the property, ultimately. I mean, as I say, there was some permutations, but ultimately, it's compensation for the properties that were seized from the church in 1803. Where did those properties come from? Mm. They came literally from generations of believing Catholics, some sovereigns, some wealthy, some poor, who donated this stuff to the church for the good of their own souls and the salvation of others. That is the only 
only, the only reason why anybody gives a dime to the church. Mm. And if they're not doing that, that's a horrible injustice. It's literally defrauding the faithful. It is very scandalous, to be sure. Well, we're down to just about a minute left in our conversation with Charles Colomb. I'd love to have you back sometime. I, I was just thinking, uh, boy, it'd be fascinating to talk about uh, Catholic monarchy and and that whole concept and governments and, and whatnot. Maybe we'll have to rebook you for that. But uh, I guess we are left to pray, to fast, and to penance for the church in, in Germany this Lent and yep, maybe offering definitely. up lots of sacrifices for the reconversion, the reconquista of Germany would be an amazing thing. Charles Colomb, thank you for your time today. God love you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you all. Take care. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can, join us in hour number two. We would love to have you. Praise be to God. On Monday, if I'm not mistaken, Jacob Imam from the New Polity is going to be on. We're going to be talking about a Catholic perspective on economy. So tune in for that if you can. And uh, by the way, again, we got struck by YouTube because they do not approve of the content. But we are live streaming to a lot of platforms, all of which are linked up on our website. To include Rumble now is new on our lineup, you can go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find all the links and even watch live right there. God love you. God bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. If you had the chance to sit down for 10 minutes with the world's greatest teacher, would you take it? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. If you said yes, you're in luck. Go take out your Bible, and you can spend 10 minutes or even more with the Spirit of the Living God. Who is a better teacher or greater expert than the Holy Spirit? In his rule, St. Benedict sends us to the Bible every day, and it's free. 2 Timothy tells us all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? 
you could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Friday. Congratulations. You have survived your week. I'm very proud of you. You're hours away from your from your weekend, and hopefully, by the grace of God, it'll be a beautiful weekend wherever you are. Whatever you're doing this weekend, we're going to be praying for your intentions and needs here coming up in a minute. But we just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with Charles Colomb, a lecturer and author and more historian, about the difficulties the church is facing in Germany. So let's keep them in our prayers, especially this holy season of Lent that's fast approaching. Are you ready? Hmm, I wonder. Well, let me give you something to, to suffer for during Lent virtuously, and that would be Germany. Pray for the faithful there. A lot of difficulties there. Good news is Austria is lifting all their bans. Speaking of which, Washington, D.C., the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., has announced they are lifting their mask mandates for their schools. Praise be to God. We're glad to hear that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Washington Archdiocese. Uh, on this hour, we are going to have a wonderful time. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of it anyway. We're going to have a good news story coming up. We're going to have Saint of the Day and then Gospel of the Day. And then we're going to do our game show, Fear and Trembling, at 15 past the hour with the last three chances to get in on this week's prize pack. You could win. It's possible. But you have to be the first caller when I give you the phone number. And or you go to the website. You go to our Fear and Trembling Game Show link, click that. It'll take you to where the phone number is. You could call early. You could sit on hold. Your prerogative. But you got to be first caller to get in, and we're going to give out that prize today. Good morning to Rudy. Good morning, Joe. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Yes. How did I know that? For today, mm. we were banned. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. it's good news. Is because it? Because God has us under the shadow of his palm. I thought you were going to say rumble. Yeah, well, okay. it could be. Could yeah. be Rumble. Could, we could be. So we got a strike from YouTube because we had a conversation about Children of God for Life's article on over-the-counter meds and the use of aborted fetal cells. Tylenol, you know, Tums, Midol, uh, aspirin, were aborted fetal cells used in the development of those over-the-counter meds. Which actually doesn't violate their standards. Apparently it does, though. Um, I don't know. Well, it's an opinion they, they don't share. So we, but the good news is, so we got struck by YouTube for that. So we weren't able to stream live on the GRN channel. We are on the CDT channel this morning. We're also on Rumble a lot. We're on uh, Odyssey. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Everything's linked up on our website. Uh, but the good news is last hour, we also had Dr. Tresankos on 
to actually talk about that story in a much deeper way. So thank you, YouTube. We still <laughs> talked about it either way. But uh, speaking of strikes and uh, oppression, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Despite Praise be to God. All? Despite the fact that we're getting booted off of YouTube and uh, all of uh, Germany is in schism, it is still good to be here. Praise be to God. You sound like one of those uh, Weather Channel reporters live at a hurricane site. I mean, like, what's and going like on? He's like pushing against the wind. He's like, oh, he's like, the weather is it's a little rainy outside. Exactly. Like, what do I hear over there? Is it, I mean, like, are you are you outside or what? What's going on? Yeah, about the you? air conditioning unit right above my head is like it's like a jet taking off, and there's zero possibility of me. Uh, being able to turn that off. By the also, way, it was like burning hot all week, yeah, even though it was actually hot in Houston. And then when it finally gets cold, they have the air conditioning running in the part in the yeah. uh, in the building. Yeah, Spe- what, what's up with that? Speaking of weather, have you guys seen like people recording weather people or reporters, and they're yes. like pretending actually they're, they're acting yes. a little bit? They're framing <laughs> their shots for the most dramatic emotional engagement of, of their course. audience. It's, right. It's pro level, my friend. Mm. Which is why I'm going to put both of you in waders and stick you in a in a in like a lake or the a, Buffalo Bayou. Yes, in the Buffalo <laughs> Bayou, and you're going to do the show from there. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> we are live from a creek where who knows what's inside here. I really hope there aren't any water moccasins here. <laughs> well, there are, but <laughs> uh, just ignore them. It'll be Man, fine. These things are nasty. <laughs> All right, enough the shenanigans. We'll save most of that for the after show, which is where we talk more openly and casually with you directly. You get to drive that conversation, and it happens in the second half of this hour on the live video streams. Again, everything linked up on our website. If you have not got your car raffle ticket, your chance is going to be probably less than optimal to win the uh, the Mercedes. I'm going to be honest with you. Without a car raffle ticket, it's almost impossible to win the car. So what you need to do is go to the website, grnonline.com, click on... The black Mercedes. It's a GLA 250 in night black, and we're going to draw the name out next week. Monday is the cutoff. Monday is your last day. $25 a piece or a book of five for $100, which means you get an extra one absolutely for free. But you know what? The reality is you might win a cool car, but we get to keep Catholic Radio going in uh, your neck of the woods. Your local GRN station gets to stay alive and well because of your generosity. And this is a great win-win for both of us. And especially in a time where the finances are very difficult in the first quarter of the year, this car raffle means a lot to us. So go to grnonline.com. And thank you. If you've purchased your tickets, God love you and God bless you. Thank you for being so generous to us here at the GRN. Let's pray. Let's jump in. Let's pray for your intentions and the conversion of heretics around the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports first silver dollar struck by U.S. Mint, seen by George Washington, sold for $12 million by a Las Vegas man. A highly coveted silver coin was sold by a Las Vegas man for $12 million. The collectible is believed by many to be the first silver dollar ever struck by the U.S. Mint. 
Great Collections, a California-based coin auction company, bought the coin from Bruce Mor Morlin, a 60-year-old Las Vegas business executive who first acquired the coin at an auction in 2013, paying over $10 million for it. Three years later, the silver dollar had been privately traded for a sum of $7.8 million. Previous owners of the coin include Eamon G. Carter Sr., a former publisher of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and a number of other numismatic legends. Without question, this is America's most coveted silver dollar, and it gave me chills closing the, the transaction for this piece of history, Great Collections President Ian Russell said. This absolutely defines museum quality. In fact, aside from the unique specimen striking, it's substantially better than the examples in the Smithsonian and the American Numismatic Association collections. The new owner is thrilled. First struck in 1794, the silver dollar is believed to be the first coin made by the United States Mint, which struck 1758 of the coins in Philadelphia that year. Uh, of these first dollars, about 140 remain, the company stated. The new money was to replace the Spanish, English, French, and Dutch currency previously used in the post-colonial era. Because of its sharpness of detail, researchers, researchers believe this coin was specially struck, perhaps as a presentation of the country's first dollar coin. Because of its significance, it was likely seen by President George Washington, who by the way is not in my headcanon, and Thomas Jefferson, who oversaw the young United States Mint. The front side of the coin features a female bust representation of liberty with flowing hair, and the word liberty, and the date 1794 on it. On the back is an eagle with wings outstretched surrounded by a wreath and the words, the United States of America. And that's good news. Now go check out your couch cushions. God love you. The saint of the day is Fra Angelico, you know, who's patron saint of artist. And so I'm thinking of my little sister today because she's an artist. Pray for her because tomorrow is her birthday. So say a rosary for her. Say a Hail Mary for her if you would not mind, if it's not too much trouble. The patron saint of Christian artists was born in around 1400 in a village overlooking Florence. He took up painting as a young boy and studied under the watchful eye of a local painting master. He joined the Dominicans at the age of 20, taking the name Fra Giovanni. He eventually came to be known as Fra Angelico because of a tribute to his own angelic qualities and the devotional tone of his works. He continued to study paintings and perfected his own techniques, which included broad brushstrokes, vivid colors, and generous lifelike figures. The great artist Michelangelo once said of Fra Angelico, one has to believe that this good monk has visited paradise and been allowed to choose his models there. Whatever his subject matter, Fra Angelico sought to generate feelings of religious devotion in response to his paintings. Among his most famous works are the Annunciation and Descent from the Cross, as well as frescoes in the Monastery of San Marco in Florence. He also served in leadership positions within the Dominican Order, and at one point, Pope Eugene approached him about serving as Archbishop of Florence. Fra Angelico declined, preferring a simpler life. He, he died in 1455. Fra Angelico, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. 
What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? What could one give in exchange for his life? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this faithless and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. He also said to them, Amen, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God has come in power. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As I said last hour, you cannot have Easter Sunday glory unless you also embrace Good Friday passion. You must die with Christ on the cross to enjoy his resurrection. St. Chrysostom said, Think not that he, has, that he has saved his soul who has shunned the perils of the cross. For when a man, at the cost of his soul, that is his life, gains the whole world, what has he besides now that his soul is perishing? Has he another soul to give for his soul? Close quote, St. Chrysostom. Pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, Cornelius Lapide here. He said, and let me just read this one quote from verse 34. He says, And this adulterous generation of depraved Jews who are sons of God, though not genuine ones, but like spurious children, the offspring of adultery, for they are degenerate from the faith of their fathers, the patriarchs, since they will not receive me, who am the Messiah promised to them. Therefore, they are not so much children of God as of the devil. Such are called in Hebrew, bene nachar, children born of strangers or aliens of adulterous fathers. And so he goes on and speaks about this for a, for a little while, uh, referring back to his commentary in Matthew chapter 10. And what, is we, what should we take from this, from this passage, from this idea? Just because we say that we are children of God, and just because we are baptized, just because we are Catholics— does not mean that we are going to be saved. Just like the Jews who were the chosen people of God, who could say, I had Abraham as my father. And what our Lord makes it clear, not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So let us meditate on this every day. Let us think, am I going to be saved? We have to contemplate this and we have to strive. We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We have to strive for the narrow gate. Uh, the good news is our Lord in his infinite mercy has given to us a great aid. And what is that great aid? It is the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is said that our devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary is a sign of predestination. And so let us pray the rosary every day. Let us have devotion to Our Lady, lest we end up like the depraved Jews who spurred the teaching of the church, who rejected the Messiah when he came, who rejected the teachings of the patriarchs and became uh, the children that are non-legitimate children of God. Let us not become non-legitimate children of God. Let us not enter into the gates of hell, but instead strive for the narrow gate and enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen to that. Ignatius Catholic Commentary also pointed out that uh, Zechariah describes the day of the Lord that our Lord is referencing here when God will bring judgment on the unfaithful of Israel by gathering armies against Jerusalem to plunder the city. Once the faithful have evacuated the city, God is expected to come with his holy ones, and there will be, there will be established a king over the earth. These events transpired with the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, which prefigures the glorious return of Christ in the end of history and the full unveiling of his kingdom. Now, that was the commentary in Ignatius quoting Zechariah there. But guess what? 
in Josephus' account of the fall of Jerusalem, they saw armies of angels in the clouds in the sky, and it freaked everybody out. Let that sink in. A dress rehearsal for the coming judgment upon mankind. At any rate, let's have some fun. Let's have a more positive uh, time. After this very short break, we're going to play our game Fear and Trembling, where you don't even need to know the answers to the trivia questions to win the prize. And your last three chances of winning the prize are coming up right now. You have to make that phone call, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call now. Be our contestant at 877-757-9424. Phone line is open. Waiting for your call at 877-757-9424. Be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and promise me you will not tell anybody. Share with anybody my secrets and my agendas. Now, so if you'll do that, then I will re- reveal them to you now. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about the Catholic faith. Praise be to God. 
Number two, we like to have fun. And our callers are amazing. They are good sports. They laugh with us. And I think we enjoy that most. And then number three, we give out prizes, which today is the day we give out prizes. Praise be to God. And that makes it a winner for everybody. But here is the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions. But the caller does not need to know the answers because I will not ask them. Instead, I ask Rudy. I ask Adrian. One of which will be correct. The other will be incorrect. And the caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise God. Our game show sponsor this week is Goldberry Scriptorium, who's generously sponsoring us with a Marian Antiphon's print set. And your house is going to sound like a beautiful monastery once you learn the beautiful Marian ballads from this print set. You can frame them, gift them, or, or frankly, just give honor to Our Lady by learning the Antiphons. Katie McGinley designs beautiful devotional aids available both in print and digitally on her Etsy page. Please show her some support and check out her wares at the Goldberry Scriptorium. She also does custom orders. Her website is at uh, her her website is goldberryscriptorium.etsy.com or follow her on Instagram at Goldberry Scriptorium. All right, praise be to God. Thank you very much to our sponsor this week. We're very grateful for your generous sponsorship, giving us prizes to give away to our listeners. We're very appreciative of that. Goldberry Scriptorium, God love you. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Jacob. Thanks for being on our program. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I am alive, and that counts, Jacob. How are you? Okay, can I do a plug for 40 Days for Life? Well, you got about a half a second before we have to jump into the game, so go ahead. March 13th, April or something, uh, the 40 Days for Life is going on. All right. Praise be to God. Check out 40days.com, and you can get the list of all the locations and uh, and figure out maybe uh, what the best day would be to go for your church or your group or whatever. Go to 40 Days for Life for that online. Praise God. Jacob, you played not all that long ago, if I remember correctly, so you probably you're, remember you're. the rules. You know how the game is played, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, you have some experience. You are a, you're, You should be a professional at this by now. Hopefully, you and I are on the same team, and we will navigate the tricky waters of Rudy and Adrian. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Let's do this. We will start with uh, Rudy, as is our tradition, our custom, the patrimony. <laughs> Got the drive time. No pressure. The uh, What else can I – I'm going to come up with some even more greater metaphors to use there. All right, uh, Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, I'm ready, actually. Are you sure? I'm ready to answer it two more times. Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, and the Rudy. prophecy was fulfilled. And it was fulfilled. <laughs> hey, Rudy, can you tell me? A lily is the symbol of what? Like a flower? The lily of the like, valley? Like St. Joseph's lily. St. Joseph's lily. You know how lily. it's on the end of a staff? What it that, signifies purity. Okay. Hey, now. That makes sense. Okay. Huh, but let's just, uh, Jacob, we're going to get a second opinion, because you just you just never know, right? Um, yep. I could be tricking you. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. <laughs> the lily is uh -huh. a symbol of what? The lily is a symbol of what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, you know, this lily, it's a very beautiful flower, right? And so a lily is a symbol of beauty. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's why you see all those uh, virgins carrying uh -huh. lilies in their hands. Or maybe that's why at Easter altars are decorated with them. Mm. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Hmm. Makes sense to me. This is all of, a, all of a sudden, Jacob, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But uh, 
here is the deal. Adrian says it means beauty. Rudy says it means purity. Hmm, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jacob, what say you? Bra ra for Rudy. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> of course, yes. Praise be to God. Easy peasy. In fact, I have a, a wonderful image here of St. Joseph with his... With our Lord in his arms and a, and a staff with lilies sprouting from it because of his purity. So praise be to God. All right, you're in the cup, Jacob. You could win. I don't know. It may be God's will. But I'm going to say these next two questions are probably among the easiest ever that we've ever had on okay. the program. So let's, It's opposite day. It's, not, it's Friday. It's not opposite day. <laughs> these are among the easiest of all the easies. This is You're in good shape here. I think it's going to be a great game. Second question, we're going to go to Adrian first. Hey, Adrian. Uh, yes. Can you tell me? Uh-huh. You're a Greek scholar. A uh, Greek scholar. But what I need is Hebrew. Oh, so I don't yikes. know how you're going to do with this. But hey, uh, could you tell me Maybe. what does St. Peter's name mean in Hebrew? St. Peter's name in Hebrew? <clears throat> yes. Like the coffee? Like Hebrews? <laughs> uh, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, that would be rock. Rock. <laughs> Not Dwayne, but rock. I got where you're going with that. I smell what you're cooking on that one. Mm. Okay, here we go. Uh, hey, Rudy. Joe. Can, can you tell me, what does St. Peter's name mean in the Hebrew language? Okay, so it's a bad translation. It sounds like rock, but actually uh -huh. what they were talking about yeah. was rock-hard stale bread. Really? Stale bread. So stale bread is the answer. Yep. Huh. I don't know. Jacob, it's, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, it, Rudy says it means stale bread. Uh, I guess it's kefa we're talking about here. And Adrian says it means rock. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jacob, what say it, you? That's rock and roll. <laughs> oh, this is like batting practice, right, Jacob? I mean, these are easy. A, these are a little too easy, wouldn't you say? Not even trying. <laughs> well, you're in for two, praise be to God. You could win. Speaking of rock, we see a, a Russian bot on hanging out with us online now. Hey, welcome back, Russian bot. Okay, we have a third question here, and I know you're going to get this, Jacob. I, I feel like there's almost zero possibility of you getting this wrong. But just for formality's sake, Let's just go through the motions here. We're going to go back to Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Uh-oh. Joe. Can you tell me, sir, which fraternal Catholic organization published the magazine Columbia? Fraternal? Huh. Mm-hmm. That mm -hmm. sounds like it's illicit, but actually... Does it? It's the <laughs> Knights of Columbus. Really? Huh. Who were the enemies... What? ...of the Ku Klux Klan. Are, oh, yeah. That's true. Okay. Here we go. Let's just see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say. Uh-oh. Um, That's dangerous. I know. Adrian, can <laughs> you tell me? Which fraternal mm -hmm. Catholic organization Ooh. published the magazine Columbia? Ah, yes. That's a, that's a trick question. Is it? Yes, it is. Because it's actually us, the Guadalupe Radio Network. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> How nefarious. I know. Are we up to tricky, something? Tricky, tricky. We were not supposed to talk about our secrets or our agendas, remember? Uh, yikes. The first, Sorry. The first rule of it's Catholic out. Drive Time, don't tell the secrets and agendas. The secret is out. Okay. Uh, Jacob, here is the deal. Uh, which organization published the Columbia? Adrian says it's the Guadalupe Radio Network, whereas Rudy says it's the Knights of Columbus. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jacob, what say you? Knights of Columbus, Demolition. 
Survey says perfect score. Jacob, I mean, who gave you the easy, answer sheet? Easy, I know. Did, were you He's slipping like, him answers? Were you trying? <laughs> well, well done, good sir, Jacob. You're in for three. Perfect score. All right. But uh, I'm whether or not it is God's holy will that you should win today, I cannot say, Jacob. Uh, we're going to have to just trust and give our trustful surrender to divine providence. Uh, Brother Rudy over there is shaking up the cup with your name in it three times. Perhaps we can have a drum roll. Uh, perhaps. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, Good call. We could have a drum roll. I'm shuffling we... now. Okay. I have it in my hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The winner of this week's prize yeah. is Sylvia. Sylvia! Sylvia! Let's go! God. Well, Jacob, I'm sorry. It was not God's holy will, but you were a lot of fun nonetheless. Uh-huh. Okay, well, that sounds good. God love you, Jacob. Have a great weekend, and thank you again for calling back. We appreciate having you. And uh, don't don't forget, 40 Days for Life campaign. Check it out online. Make sure you find one near you and, and go and pray. Uh, God love you, Jacob. Have a great weekend. That is uh, going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time for this week. Praise be to God. Thank you all for hanging out with us, for enjoying the conversations along with us and having the laugh with us. We really enjoy, enjoy that part. If you would like to continue to conversate with us today before your weekend begins, hang out with us for the next 30 minutes on our live video streams for the after show where we conversate directly with you. You get to drive that conversation. You can go to our website to find all the links to include Rumble live streaming. We are not streaming on GRN online YouTube because we got struck and and uh, we can't stream there for, I guess, the next week or so. But we are streaming on CDT's YouTube channel right now. And all the other links go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And do not forget, you better get those car raffle tickets in while you can. It means the world to us financially to keep our operations up and running and keeping Catholic radio waves in your neighborhood. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You are sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. 
Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. A reading from the letter of St. James. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for the day, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you do not give them the necessities of the body, what good is it? So also faith of itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Indeed, someone might say, you have faith and I have works. Demonstrate your faith to me without works and I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe that and tremble. Do you want proof, you ignoramus, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. See how a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For just as a body without a spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed the man who greatly delights in the Lord's commands. Blessed, Blessed the man, man who, who greatly delights in the Lord's commands. Blessed the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. His posterity shall be mighty upon the earth, the upright generation shall be blessed. Blessed, blessed the, the man, man who greatly delights in the, in the Lord's, Lord's works. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. His generosity shall endure forever. Light shines through the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and just. Blessed, blessed the man who greatly delights in the Lord's works. Well for the man who is gracious in lands who conducts his affairs with justice. He shall never be moved. The just man shall be in everlasting remembrance. Blessed Blessed the man who greatly delights in the Lord's works. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I call you my friend, says the Lord, for I have made known to you all that the Father has told me. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? What could one give in exchange for his life? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this faithless and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. He also said to them, Amen, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come in power. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we have a living encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ, the living Lord Jesus Christ, who speaks to us about the path of true discipleship, a path to union with himself, meaning the path to union with God, because Jesus is God. And so Jesus looks at you personally today, right now, and instructs you calls you to union, as he says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That is the order of the journey to union with God, to deny ourselves first of all, radical detachment from ourselves and from the world and all created things and then to take up our cross the cross of Christ the crosses that God gifts to us each and every day and then we follow Jesus right to Calvary but we remember that on the cross is the place where we realize the fullness of our human potentiality. Those are big words. We actually become what we're called to be, what we're created to be, when we offer our life totally, totally in union with Jesus in the Holy Spirit to the Father. That's what the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is this representation of the sacrifice of Jesus in the Holy Spirit to the Father. And we are invited to participate in this. And from this sacrifice of Jesus, which doesn't end at the cross, it leads to the resurrection and the ascension. From this sacrifice of the cross, from the pierced heart of Jesus flows blood and water, which is the source of grace. You see, we need grace, brothers and sisters, to be true disciples of Jesus. 
And thus I urge you to also consecrate yourself to Jesus through Mary, for Mary is the first and perfect disciple of Jesus. She denied herself. She never thought of herself. Think of all the mysteries of the Holy Rosary and pray them frequently. She's not thinking about herself. She's saying, fiat, let it be, Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. We need to enter the word of God and faithfully live the word of God. This is essentially living faith, which we heard about in the first reading. But faith without works is dead. So what we're really called to is both a decision and generosity. A decision and generosity. We can't just leave it at a decision. Faith without works is dead. So you can have all kinds of good intentions. And I realize, you know, we're weak and we don't always live up to our intentions, but we seek the grace from God, who is the inspirer and perfecter of our faith, which happens when we go to the cross, when we deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Christ. Then we come to a union with Christ by grace. And Mary is the mediatrix of all graces. And so we need grace. And especially a relationship with the Holy Spirit who gives us the virtues of faith, hope, and charity among all the virtues, that his gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit allow us to strengthen our virtues, to live the life of virtue and put them in practice, put them into works. And then we live a life of beatitude, which is happiness. You see, this path of denying ourselves taking up our cross and following Christ is ultimately a path of happiness. But you need faith to see this, okay? I get it. You need faith. Pray for faith and a greater faith because I know the initial stage of denying yourself is, is a challenge. But let's deny ourselves and, and follow Christ by taking up our cross. And in the next sentence... Jesus says, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. Now, the English translation um, may sound a little confusing. If, if I wish to save my life, I'll lose it, but I lose my life and, and I'll save it. But there's a difference in the Greek of the word life. So whoever wishes to save his eternal life, which is Zoe, will lose his biological life, so to speak, his, his earthly way of thinking, his worldly way of thinking, okay? We're, we're in this world, but not of the world. That's the main point. And so we lose our bios, that, that earthly life, that earthly man, that fleshly man or woman, and we come to the Zoe, the eternal life, living in union with Christ through grace. Jesus is God. And we are able to participate in the life of God only by grace. And that comes to us in the sacraments. We're justified by faith in the sacraments, but we must work out our salvation. Faith without works is dead. So how many people do you know? And let's start with ourselves. I'll start with myself. How many people spend their day trying to lose their earthly life? <laughs> I can do better myself. Are you trying to lose your earthly life to live the 
life of the kingdom of God that Jesus has offered us by grace. And remember, this question that Jesus asked, or these questions, what profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? If you were offered the whole world today, but you lose eternal life, that would be, that would be the greatest loss possible. This world is passing away, my brothers and sisters. Don't chase after vanities and fleeting pleasures and, and fleeting riches and honors and fleeting power. All this stuff is as nothing, less than dust. But remember, everything we're offered from God is a gift. For what could one give in exchange for their life? All we can do is be grateful for the gift and respond generously like the Blessed Virgin Mary and say, Lord, do with me as you will and live according to that decision. Lord, I make the decision to deny myself, pick up my cross and follow you. Give me the grace to be generous in living that decision. So simply put, brothers and sisters, either remember, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Christ or remember, I need to make a decision according to faith and I need to be generous in the working out of my salvation. Lord Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. We now stand to place our prayers and petitions before the throne of the Most Holy Trinity with faith and confidence in God. We pray for the grace to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Christ, to be generous in this resolution, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the Holy Father and the leaders of the church to lead by example in this discipleship of Jesus through Mary, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for civic and government leaders that they fulfill their responsibilities of serving the divine will, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick and the suffering, and for the development of fully ethical vaccines, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the relief and the release of the holy souls in purgatory, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and the call to discipleship. Anoint us in the Holy Spirit to be faithful disciples like the Blessed Virgin Mary. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Faith of our fathers living still, in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy, whene'er we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Our fathers chained in prisons dark were still in heart and conscience free, and truly blessed would be our fate if we like them should die for thee. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, 
we will be true to thee till ten. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May this oblation, O Lord, we pray, cleanse and renew us, and may it become for those who do your will the source of eternal reward through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, and all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore we too extol you with all the angels as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisum Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. 
Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are ready there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Masked by these bare shadows, shape and nothing more. See, Lord, at thy service, lo, here lies a heart, lost all lost in wonder at the God thou art. Seeing, touching, tasting are in thee deceived. How says trusty hearing that shall be believed? What God's Son has told me take for truth I do. Truth himself speaks truly, or there's nothing true. O thou art reminder of the crucified, living bread the life of us for whom he died. Lend this life to me, then, feed and feast my mind. There be thou the sweetness man was meant to find. Like what tender tales tell of the pelican, Bathe Jesus, Lord, in what thy bosom ran. Blood that but one drop of has the power to win. All the world forgiveness of its world of sin. Let us pray. Having fed upon these heavenly delights, we pray, O Lord, that we may always long for that food which we truly live through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Benedicat vos omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius et Spiritus Sanctus. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Lady.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.